0: Right oh, wait a minute. We, uh, we need to talk. Well,
1: we can talk later.
0: Well, we can talk now, if you let me. But what do we have to talk about? Why now? Because we haven't talked at all for so long, your Aunt May and I don't even know who you are anymore. You shirk your chores, you, you have all those weird experiments in, in, your, in your room, you, you start fights at school. We I don't didn't know. start that fight. I told you that. Yeah, well, you sure as hell finished. What was I supposed to do, run away? No, no, you're not supposed to run away, but... Pete, look, you're changing. I know, I went through exactly the same thing at your age. No, not exactly. Peter, these are the years when a man changes into the man he's going to become the rest of his life. Just be careful who you change into. This guy, Flash Thompson, he probably deserved what happened. But just because you can beat him up, doesn't give you the right to. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Tribe of Nerds. Uh, we're back, but instead of going right to Phase 3 of the MCU, JJ and I are taking a break for a little bit to kind of... ...tie up some loose ends that could come in in handy later, and because we thought it'd be cool to talk about all the old Spider-Man movies. Uh, So we're being Spider-Nerds for about, like, what, seven or eight movies or something like that? Uh,
2: If we're including the MCU Spider-Mans, then Spider-Man has been in eight, um, like, major Marvel movies.
1: Okay. And, I mean, we'll get, like, I guess we'll talk about, like, seven movies, and then when we get to the MCU, as we go through the phase three, we'll get to two more. Um, So, yeah, so what were your rewatch impressions this time of Spider-Man?
2: Man, Man, it's... A lot of things that stuck out to me were aspects of the time period that the movie was filmed in. Um, I was watching on DVD, so having yellow subtitles... Mm -hmm. Um, was like, oh, just a, wow, this is older than I remember. Um, Some of the special effects were kind of cringy, but a lot of them were actually really good and held up pretty well. Yeah. Um, Overall, it's a pretty good movie, but it's definitely the kind of superhero movie from a former era, like more in the style of the old Batman movies where it's more um, comedic, and a little bit cheesy at times.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this was right after 9-11, because this was in 2002, and so, like, some of the, uh, we'll get to later in the Easter eggs, but, like, some of the stuff, like, they're trying to ban New York together, like the scene when they're New Yorkers are just throwing trash at the Green Goblin, and they're like, uh, you mess with the New York, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Like, that's kind of a uh, banning New York together scene in a time where they needed that. So, as cheesy as that line is now it it made sense back then, yeah, so um, so now it's uh but yeah no i uh for me, I enjoyed this a lot on the rewatch just from a fun Mimi perspective <laughs> um I agree that it it won't hold up as like a great movie, but it's a good movie, so it's it's not terrible um.
2: It's definitely one I will watch with my children, should I ever have any.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, might introduce them to Marvel that way.
2: (laughs) start with the crap. Give them Howard the Duck.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Um, and so then we can talk about director uh, Sam Raimi, who directed the Evil Dead movies. Um, that's really his main claim to fame here, and then these movies. Um, so, Sam Raimi directed this, and you can definitely see, like, the horror elements from Evil Dead and in this movie, like, all over. Like, you have a couple, like, jump scares with the Green Goblin, and I, I, you can definitely see it throughout.
2: Yeah, I definitely um, feel Sam Raimi in the Green Goblin's character overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the way that uh, Norman Osborn interacts with the Green Goblin. Right. Um, because at times they're two separate characters talking to one another, even though it's the same person with a broken mind. Right. Uh, and some of the set elements, to the. Uh, all. Really, the set elements where Spider Man and Green Goblin were fighting one another. The um, decrepit building at the end, the um, burning building, those felt very Raimi esque as well.
1: Right. Um. So now we'll get into the casting. Um, we've got Toby Maguire as Peter Parker. Um, and Toby as Peter Parker, like he fits the Peter Parker part of looking like a complete dweeb, even though he's uh, about 30 years old and he's playing a high schooler, which is my only complaint about it. But yeah, in terms of looking like a dweeb, I think he fits the Peter Parker part.
2: Yeah, I'm not fond of the age of the actors playing high schoolers. It's Mm -hmm. not very believable in this movie. Right. Um, Tobey Maguire, I liked him. In terms of appearance, I liked him as Peter Parker. Yeah. But in terms of acting, I liked him as Spider-Man. I liked the way that he delivered some of the quips. Mm-hmm. Um, i really liked the way that he uh captured peter parker becoming spider-man in this movie yeah but a lot of his dialogue just with mary jane with aunt may um as peter parker that stuff just feels flat to me
1: yeah it it does i mean whenever we'll get to kirsten Dunst very very shortly but or we can cover it right now i mean their chemistry is not good. I mean, I just, I kind of tuned out at the moments when they're talking because it was just like, I don't really care about this. Like the movie didn't really do a good job at making you care about these two. Um, I don't know. I, so, I mean, we can kind of get to Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson. I think she has the look of the comic, uh, book Mary Jane, but yeah, I just don't feel that chemistry.
2: Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Um, uh... She's not acting Mary Jane poorly, in my mm-hmm. opinion, but her Mary Jane and Toby Maguire's Peter Parker together in the same movie, something is off there. They don't play well off of one another, and with that romantic subplot being such a big part of this movie, it's a hard thing to stomach at times.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and it's just like... Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It, yeah, something's just completely off there. Um, uh, we've got James Franco as Harry Osborne, and I actually like, uh, James Franco in this role. I actually think, I was telling my dad today, I was like, uh, I actually think that James Franco and Willem Dafoe, they look like they can pass for father and son. Like, I like, I like yeah, the I, way they look.
2: I agree with that. Uh I, I like James Franco and Willem Dafoe both. I know we'll talk about him more when we get into the Green Goblin.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, James Franco, this was not a typical role for him. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think he did really well in it.
2: Uh, he, I, I liked his acting better, I think, almost than um, Kirsten Dunst or uh, Toby Maguire in this one.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, I know what I was going to say. It was something like, with, with Kirsten Dunst, just going back to that real quick, it's like, I don't really like the storyline of, oh, this story's all about a girl or whatever. Is that really what Spider-Man is about? I don't think so.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think part of that might have been, uh, again, the time period. Yeah. Uh, superhero movies weren't as popular then as they are now. Mm-hmm. So that plot point seems like a way to kind of dragon some more uh more of a fan base to these movies instead of focusing it on the nerdy doesn't fit in type
1: right um and yeah we'll go back to james franco before i move on and i you know he he is he does act like a jerk at some points but it kind of makes sense i mean he's kind of a rich spoiled kid that you know he it, 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 it makes sense for why he's a jerk at points to like MJ when he's just ba- when he just basically tells MJ to shut up and you know it, it, it makes sense and when he tries to take uh, uh, credit for uh, Peter's like knowledge about spiders at the beginning
2: yeah it, I, see that part of their relationship isn't played off very well in this yeah. movie or in Spider-Man 3 they really missed an opportunity in Spider-Man 3 to develop the um, the
1: sour feelings between the two, but yeah. um, uh, Harry really is taking advantage of Peter in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, and, and
2: he's just kind of a shitty friend. Yeah, but, I,
1: I yeah, agree. He's Peter's only friend, so right. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so I mean, is that all we have to say about the the three? these three, or if you have any other points. Um.
2: Yeah, that's all I got. I mean, um, in terms of some secondary actors, I really liked uh, Aunt May and Uncle Ben together. Yeah. I thought that their chemistry felt very authentic for an elderly couple who's been together for a really long time. Um, and, right. and as as like parents who don't know what to do with a teenager, too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed they, them on the screen
1: i agree completely i thought uh especially with what happens obviously with uncle ben and i thought that actor does a fantastic job and it's he's the one that everybody goes back to as like the quintessential uncle ben of uh spider-man movies because i think he made the most impact um and with the delivery and everything um so uh then let's get into the exciting stuff um we've got jk simmons as j jonah jameson and just (laughs) perfect casting um all across the board for that one so um i especially as someone who graduated in journalism i love the just the line where uh he's like where he's telling peter parker when peter comes to give him the pictures for the for the daily bugle and uh peter's like hey you can't write that you know i'm a menace or a threat and jay Jonas jameson yeah, I can, and Peter's like, uh, no, that's slander, and uh, Jameson's like, slander, I resent that, it's uh, slander spoken, uh, not libel, like, that was really good for, uh, to me, Um, and just the, um, and I did want to bring up what I shared on social media before with uh, Jameson when he gets attacked by the Green Goblin, and he's, even though he's, like, super, like, biased against spider-man he's still not willing to give the green goblin uh the identity of peter uh uh when he asks for it and is threatening to murder him for that information so
2: i wonder if uh j jonah jameson had known that peter parker was (laughs) spider-man if he still would have protected him in that case
0: yeah
1: i i wonder that too um you know, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, we because uh, Jameson is obviously going to be in the MCU uh, that we're going to talk about much later on with him being willing to out Peter Parker in that, <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's pre- a pretty interesting, like, comparison when we're comparing these two versions of Jameson. Um,
2: yeah, it's hard to compare them right now because we've got so little of Jameson in um far from home but uh if, assuming he reprises his role in the third spider-man movie of the mcu uh it'll be interesting to compare the two characters but yeah i loved jk simmons here uh perfect casting for this role
1: yeah 100 um and no one else has ever given any other suggestions because there are, are no other suggestions for who should play this role it is jk simmons um and, uh, so... And I wish we even got even more of him in this movie, but we do get more of him in 2 and 3, so... Um,
2: if if they were to cast another J.K., uh, or J. Jonas Jameson, um, I think they'd have to give, like, a different version of J.J.J., uh, almost.
1: Yeah. I mean, isn't there someone else that voices him for, like, the um, Insomniacs game, or... Yeah,
2: I mean, he... Uh, J. Jonah Jameson's been in a lot of different iterations of Spider-Man in mainstream media, be television shows, movies, video games, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think J.K. Simmons is the most iconic one, partially because the Raimi trilogy um, was uh, the, not anymore, but was at the time the most popular version of Spider-Man. Um, that reached the
1: most audience um, right? so I mean he kind of wrote on
2: that but also like uh, when people refer to him like that's the J. Jonah Jameson that people talk about
1: right um, and I, I'm excited more so to get into him in 2 and 3 because we get so many more funny lines from him in 2 and 3 um, and now let's get into uh, something of a scientist himself Willem Dafoe as, <laughs> as Green Goblin <laughs> Uh, out am I? <laughs> I
2: I love Willem Dafoe in this role. Yeah. Um, because of the type of superhero hero movie it is, mm-hmm. he captures the the cheesy comedy side of it in his facial expressions when he delivers lines like "I'm something of a scientist myself." <laughs> But he also gets the supervillain aspect. He's a believable supervillain, even with a lighter tone overall for that villain. Uh, I like him as Green Goblin. I like him as the greedy corporate... uh, Yes. um, Millionaire? Billionaire? I don't know how much money he has, but...
1: A lot. (laughs) A lot. More than I'll ever have. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I just... I think you hit it in the nail on the head, and I think Willem Dafoe is, like, the perfect Norman Osborn. If Norman Osborn comes into the MCU, I really want Willem Dafoe to come back, because I just I just don't necessarily see right now of anybody who can capture what Willem Dafoe is able to capture here. Um, and even the scenes where he is insane and he's talking to himself because, like, he has a, such a broken mind, I think it's very perfect. Um, yeah,
2: and for uh, any of our listeners who've seen The Lighthouse, um, which is a newer film with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, uh, Willem Dafoe is good. Uh, I would say great at playing um, the kind of mental uh, brokenness role. Um, it doesn't come through in this movie as much because that's not the type of movie it is, but like right.
1: He can play that off really well right I agree um, yeah I mean I mean I feel like we can uh, talk about the memes in a, in as we go on into the into a meme segment but uh, we' we'll, we'll save that for uh, in a short time um, so uh, let's just talk about the line that is the quintessential spider-man line uh, from Uncle Ben with great power comes great responsibility and it um you can't really i mean i know it's never said in the mcu so far but it's kind of done in a show don't tell kind of way um in my opinion and like here here though like when you're first having really your first big spider-man showing in media like i think having it said here is super meaningful
2: yeah not not only like the way that the plot drives that line
1: Mm -hmm. But
2: Uncle Ben's delivery of that line and then the death uh, was very powerful. Uh, And I think the chemistry between um, that actor, and I I don't know his name, um, and uh, Toby McGuire in that scene of Uncle Ben's death is really powerful and uh, really brings that line to a new, um, stronger meaning
1: right i agree completely like that was one scene where i just i thought it was very well done as far as just an emotional and scene that wasn't meant to be corny or funny like i just thought it was really really good um and so yeah i mean um if if let's get into like some of these uh cameos and then we can get into the memes and corny humor um uh, so Stanley Cameo, it's very, very short. Um, we have just Stanley saving someone from the falling debris from the goblins bombs. Um, yeah, very, very quick, but Stan is willing to save anybody, so
2: Stan is Stan and he will be in the Marvel movie.
1: <laughs> yep. I mean we're gonna even even though like even through the ones that aren't in the MCU that we're gonna talk about here, they're they get more substantial as we go um
2: yeah they do especially as the marvel movies pick up more steam mm -hmm. Uh, once it becomes marvel studios and they start the cinematic universe um his cameos get longer and more developed but the movies also get longer too right Uh, i i don't know if that's part of it or not
1: right um, and then of course, uh, because it's a Sam Raimi movie, um, that he wants to reference the evil Dead, And so Bruce Campbell shows up in, he's the wrestling announcer. He actually names Spider-Man. Uh, and so it, it was a really, really cool moment just to see Bruce Campbell. Um,
2: he, he also gives us, um, a little nod to the comics when he says the amazing Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, which is really nice. yeah. Um, but I love Bruce Campbell. <laughs> if you haven't seen the Evil Dead movies or Ash vs. the oh Evil my God. Dead on Netflix, I recommend you go watch them. They're just, they're a hoot. <laughs>
1: you, you introduced me to Ash vs. Evil Dead, and that was, that's a ride. That's a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, that is
2: a trip, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> and I just, yeah, he's just, Bruce Campbell's always just so charismatic, even here, like, I mean, it just works. Um so and and there's a theory i mean we can go into it as we go through two and three for this trilogy but um there's a theory that they were going to do a spider-man 4 and bruce campbell was going to be mysterio and that's why he was showing up in all three of these movies
2: that would be a really cool twist yeah although well, i mean i've talked about it a few times already but superhero movies then are not superhero movies now Bruce Campbell could pull off Mysterio pretty well uh, in that kind of superhero movie, I think. He'd be the right fit for that style. Now, though, I don't think that he would be a good fit for most villains
1: in the Marvel Universe. I agree, and I mean, I'm so glad that we waited to see Mysterio till Far From Home because the special effects would not have worked as well now. Yeah,
2: I completely agree. With um, Mysterio being a special effects master uh not using him um when you didn't have the movie technology to properly show that was a smart move.
1: Right. Um and of course um uh, bone saw McGraw Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh <laughs> I just oh yeah I'm bone <laughs> God
2: That's Mimi in and of itself.
1: Yeah. God. It was, it was perfect. I mean, I was just like, okay, so they just paid Randy Savage to come on and do this. <laughs> they
2: gave him the other $2,900.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get into more of these memes and corny humor. This is where we can just go off about our favorite memes and...
2: God, just some of the, cr- God, the cringy lines between <laughs> Mary Jane and Peter Parker where. Uh, she's talking about him being taller, and he just says, I hunch. <laughs> that's so dumb. And I know that he's supposed to be a nerd, uh, and one who like has no luck with women, but like, come on.
1: <laughs> I missed the part where that's my problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I liked that one a lot.
1: I mean, it was a good comeback to the other guy, so that was being a jerk. Stick
2: burn, man. (laughs) Um, uh, This isn't really so much Mimi, but, like, the whole Danzel in distress trope that goes on throughout the movie, that kind of rubs me the wrong way.
1: It goes on all three movies, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And it's
2: all Mary Jane. Well, mostly Mary Jane.
1: Yeah, I think... Third one is Gwen Stacy in it, doesn't it? It's both of them. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's just... That damsel in distress thing gets overdone in this trilogy, so... Um, and, I mean, Willem is gonna be a meme, but we'll talk about his memes more when we when we rank him, I think. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other... One. I mean, uh, cute outfit eater your husband. Give it to you.
2: <laughs> that was a great quip. And, like, that's the first time that we really get the funny side of Spider-Man. Yeah. But, granted, it's, like, the first appearance of Spider-Man we get in the movie but I, I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, um trying to think of some other ones. I mean uh I that Toby Maguire specifically uh the I had to be
2: whole first web swinging scene is yeah. fantastic. Yeah.
1: up up and away web fly. <laughs> or just uh, uh
2: is uh this is where like Toby mcguire's delivery of the lines Really works well mm-hmm. uh especially with the cinematography the way they do the camera cuts and the lack of music there it just makes it look so dumb mm-hmm. which is the point and it's great and then it crashes into the billboard
1: <laughs> oh we're gonna get a better crash in spider-man 2 <laughs> <laughs> um and uh just the i had to beat an old lady off with a stick to get this that's such a dad joke. Yeah, that's just. Oh my god. I, I'm trying to. I think that's a lot of the Toby ones. Um, we'll get to Willem Dafoe in a minute, but um, now we can just get to the, uh, Easter eggs. Um, so I had uh, of course, in that line where uh he's saying up and he's casting his web up, up and away, web Shazam, uh, referencing of course Shazam. That's going to be a movie for DC in several years from then. Um,
2: and then up, up and away itself was a catchphrase of Superman.
1: You're right. So. Yep, and Superman is also referenced. Aunt May tells Peter, "Like you're not, you're not Superman, you know." And so Superman exists in Peter's universe, and and or Sam Raimi's Spider Man universe. Um, and uh, and then if you wanted to mention some of the other ones you found.
2: Yeah. Um, so J. Jones Jameson mentions to uh, kind of his uh, underlings isn't the word I want, but I can't think of a better word at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, we've got Eddie on that, which I assume is a reference to Eddie Brock, who mm-hmm. um, we'll later find out becomes Venom. Right. Uh, Peter mentions getting fired uh, from his job working with Dr. Connors, who is the lizard. Uh, we don't see the lizard in a spider, at least in one of these major Spider-Man movies until The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Right. Um, In the initial costume designs that Peter is drawing, the one that has kind of the um, webbed wings underneath the arms is a reference to a lesser-known Marvel comic hero, Stingray. Um, Not very popular, has not shown up in any major uh, motion pictures yet. Maybe... If he will, maybe he won't, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then only other Easter egg, kind of an Easter egg, but not so much so um without the MCU. Uh Norman Osborne mentions nanotech, uh, which is something that of course Tony Stark develops in Endgame.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I think that's and you also had the one with the uh, Twin Towers, right?
2: Oh, yeah. <coughs> That's a little bit uh, outside of Easter eggs, but. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this movie being filmed when it did, it was released uh, in 2002. A lot of the filming took place in 2001, um, be- some of it before 9 11. Right. a lot of changes made to the movie after 9 11 to take out scenes with the World Trade Center. Uh, one in particular was supposed to be a shot of Spidey on a web um, that was strung between the two towers. Um, Other scenes, like Jake mentioned earlier, um, there were some scenes of unity, the scene with the New Yorkers throwing trash at Green Goblin off the bridge. There were a lot of different things changed to reflect that that major event had just happened.
1: Right. Um,
2: And then one final thing I have, since we're kind of on the casting and design in this movie, this web fluid design of uh, Peter actually shooting it out of his arms instead of designing a web shooter was unique to this trilogy. It was something that was um, created for these movies.
1: Yeah. So my thoughts on organic web shooters, I'm not exactly a fan. I like the classic Spidey of actually designing his web shooters. I think it's cooler that way. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, does it hurt when these webs come out of his arms? (laughs) I mean, it's just like, I don't know.
2: (laughs) With the lack of other gadgets in uh, these movies, I would have preferred web shooters Mm -hmm. just because um, that would have given us more of the scientific side of Peter where he's designing his own equipment. Right. Um, We see a little bit of that with his costume design, but we don't actually see him designing the costume itself, just the, or uh, creating the costume itself. We just see him designing the image for it. Um, Right. That is one thing that I like a lot more about the amazing spider-man duo that we get yeah uh, i did have one other note that i wanted to mention too the uh iconic kiss in the rain scene the yeah. upside down kiss uh was actually a really hard scene for toby Maguire to film um uh, because water kept getting in his sinuses and uh making it impossible for him to breathe so uh, they almost were not able to get that scene
1: oh man um, I mean, if only I was, uh, able to care about that more if their chemistry had been better. <laughs> um, and I mean, the scene where he catches the food after stopping MJ from falling, uh, that took several takes, but apparently Toby Maguire got that on his own without CGI. Um, so that's a cool note. Um, and yeah, I guess if we want to get into it, we'll, we can get into our villain and movie rankings unless you have anything sure. else. Um. Yeah.
2: Nope, the rest I'm gonna cover in my
1: rankings. So. All right, so we're gonna rank the villains, and we're gonna compare only through the Spider-Man movies. So when we get to the MCU, we'll only compare Vulture and Mysterio with the rest of these Spider-Man villains, um, and you know, same with the movies, just Spider-Man movies. So. Are we still
2: doing a six-point system.
1: Yep, yeah, we'll still do a six-point system. Um, so, uh, Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe, as we've mentioned. Um, we can talk about the memes here too. Uh uh, you know how much I've sacrificed? <laughs> oh god. Um uh finish it.
2: <laughs> yeah, the voices Willem Dafoe does are certainly uh something memorable.
1: Godspeed Spider Man. Godspeed.
2: Uh, for my ranking, uh, I really liked the Green Goblin in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the first major Spider-Man villain we get in a major motion picture. Right. Um, and I think Willem Dafoe played uh, both Norman Osborn and the Green Goblin beautifully. I loved the scenes where he was portraying the, um, the mental brokenness of the character, where mm-hmm. he was going crazy talking to himself um and i like the villain itself um he seems very uh intelligent and strategic he actually tries to bring spider-man to his side right which is something we don't really see in many of the marvel movies um i think a 5.1 seems reasonable
1: yeah so so after memeing for before I give my ranking uh I'm giving him a 5 so right around there. Um I love Willem Dafoe in this role. Um as we've stated, um I I even love the scene at the end his his death scene and the final fight scene in the uh bur- burnt down building or the cemetery or whatever. Um uh where you know he's he's trying to manipulate Peter to his side again at the end to be like uh, I've been like a father to you, you've been like a son to me, and like, um, and then when he tries to kill him with his own glider, um, I love the moment where he just doesn't expect Peter's gonna hop over the glider, or that he's gonna sense it coming, so when it comes in, he's just like, oh, <laughs> and <laughs> gets impaled, um, and then he's like, don't tell Harry, and uh, that line gets also said by MJ, so it's it's said twice in this movie of don't tell Harry, and I guess... <laughs> people don't want harry to know things (laughs) yeah
2: i i don't know harry harry's a different character in this movie than he is in some iterations of the character but he seems like the butt of a lot of jokes
1: yeah so and and i do want to mention also that in that final battle of uh when green goblin throws the pumpkin bomb and you see that it's a beautiful shot You see like Peter's eye as the bomb comes closer and then you see like the bomb explode and part of Peter's mask comes off. And I love that shot. It's a very beautiful shot.
2: There were a few great shots in that final fight scene. They did, um, I think this was after the Matrix. I'm not sure when the Matrix came out, but they did the bullet time scene uh, where he was throwing the uh, blades. I don't know the proper term for Green Goblin's gadgets. But yeah. where you see him with, see Spider-Man with his Spider-Sense Dodging each of the individual blades, which is really cool
1: Yeah, so, yeah, for sure um, So So I think it's a 5.05 Yeah, I believe that is correct Yep, 5.05 for Green Goblin And we'll get to next week when we put Doc Ock on the list as well Um, but for now, Willem Dafoe will be number one by himself. Um, and so now we can get to the movie ranking. Um, so I gave this movie a four. I don't think it's perfect. It's far from perfect. It's a bit too cheesy now. Um, but I can respect a lot of, like, a lot of the other choices that were actually very good, um, both emotionally and, uh, just... I think Sam Raimi did a fantastic job with, uh, a lot of other scenes that weren't cheesy. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think a four is a fair ranking. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, some of my favorite things about this movie are the cinematic elements that get highlighted in ways, um that we don't really see in movies nowadays. For example, the music, uh, Danny Elfman's score is fantastic in this movie. And if you don't know Danny Elfman, he has um, written music for other movies like Batman and Batman and Robin. Uh, He's done a lot of horror films, Sweeney Todd, um, Mm -hmm. Frank and Weenie, um, uh, Edward Scissorhands. He also wrote and sang in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. But I love the musical score. The cinematic opening credit scene is a relic of the past. I love that in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that the action for the time is great. I think the effects for the time are great. Um, I've expressed my concerns with some of the acting, uh, which is a big detriment to a movie because acting is one aspect of a movie that if it's not there, everybody notices it. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't necessarily notice if some of the camera cuts are uh, are bad. You don't necessarily notice if some of the music or the lighting is bad. Um, but acting, everyone notices. So I'm going to give this movie a 4.5. It's not perfect. There are a lot of good things about it. But some bad.
1: All right, that is a 4.25. Um, so we will see how that holds up uh, amongst the other Spider-Man films. But... Uh yeah, pretty pretty good for this week. I I it was a very enjoyable movie mainly for the memes for me, but I I mean that for uh, what I was looking for uh, in this, I you know I thought it was good. Um, so next week we are going to do Spider Man Two and uh, Sam Raimi's trilogy. We're gonna get to Doc Ock and Pizza Time. Um, <laughs> so yeah uh and a lot more jameson so that's going to be a lot of fun um just uh briefly i guess what do you think uh what do you think about spider-man 2 going into it
2: um i well i love doc Ock. Um, mm-hmm. wonderful villain wonderful plot line this really gets into the sciencey side of spider-man as a whole and i don't just mean spider-man the character but the spider-man universe um I also love that we get more into the uh, character side of Spider-Man, where he's trying to balance work with being a superhero, with his love life, with everything else. Um, There's just more authenticity in this movie, I feel like, than we get in the first Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, 100%. I agree with that, and we're gonna get to talk about uh, Peter losing his powers for a bit in the next movie and kind of that plot line which is interesting and something that hasn't been done uh since um so yeah we'll get into that and also talking about other series um yep we will get back to our mcu uh series as i said in a little bit um don't know uh, exactly when but we'll let uh you guys know um, when that happens, and, uh, we got our Star Wars series starting up now with Josh and Gabe, so go check that out as well, that, the first episode of that about the first five episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2 should be out around the same time as this podcast, so if you like Star Wars, uh, and want to listen to us nerd out about that, uh, you can, and we'll be talking about the movies there, so, uh, Phantom Menace will be coming out next week, so talking about jar jar (laughs) (laughs) the
2: ultimate sith lord
1: yep (laughs) and we get darth maul and liam neeson as well so that'll be fun um but yeah so thanks for tuning in um we'll see you next week uh for more spider-man